You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Generation Red, the kettle corn of Husker Fan Podcast, where we try to be sweet, but at times we get a little bit salty. It's been a while. I am your host, Ken. It has been a while, and I am your host, Scott. Ah, it's good to be back on screen, or on mic, or what? It, screen and mic, I suppose, right? <laughs> I think so. I think yeah, so. Yeah, and your screen looks a little different behind you. What you got going on? So I have finally moved into my new studio, which is actually just a loft and uh, got a bed up here for, you know, spare bedroom for when we have guests over. And then as you can see, it's just a cluster back here. I haven't gotten anything done other than just getting the computer all set up um, and then my lamp. So I at least have some lighting and whatnot. This is my wife's string lighting. We're just going to leave it there because it looks kind of cool. Um, yeah, I dig it. But yeah, just uh, it'll probably take another like four or five hours to get everything in tip top shape where I want it to be and and have like a nice cool background. But for now, I'm I'm loving it. It's really comfy up here. I'll need to get some sound work done because I've got like a whole open uh, vaulted ceiling just on the other side of all of this mm-hmm. that I'm talking into right now. So. I'll have to do, you know, some things and some stuff. And when it's all said and done, it uh, should be should be pretty neat. So I'm pretty stoked about it. Well, so far, I think it sounds a little bit better than what you had before. I think that open space helps a little bit. And I think kind of talking out of a corner behind you is better than just a flat wall behind you. So at least yeah, that's what my research a, has shown. <laughs> I was in yeah. a, an actual corner, like just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that helps. It definitely helps. It sounds good. It looks good. I can't wait to see what it looks like uh, when you're done. I know I've flipped some stuff around in here. I'm not sure I may flip it back, but I swip swapped a couple of things. I thought maybe I'd have a camera angle shooting this way from the table and then decided, no, I'd rather go the other way. So I don't know. But that one end of the room seemed to be really cluttered between the bookshelf and the TV stand. So I may leave it the way it is. Um But anyway, we're not here to talk about uh, stream setups. We're here to talk about way too early predictions for how the season is going to go based on uh, wins and losses. Uh, We're going to do this a little different now. I'm sure any of you who have stuck around the entire time we've been doing this show, when we started our show in 2021, the very first episode was audio only, and we predicted wins and losses the day after the spring game. And that was probably a bad strategy because we all saw how 2021 went, right? Best three and nine team in the history of college football. Um, and then we decided next, the next year we overcorrected instead of, you know, predicting all the games in one show, we split it up into three shows over the course of three weeks before the season. And Nebraska promptly went four and eight. So this time we're going to split down the middle. 
I don't think that means Nebraska only wins three and a half games because I think that's basically impossible. But maybe it means they get beyond the whole under 500 thing. And we're going to throw a twist in there. We're going to give you our Kool-Aid picks. If we were purely drinking the Kool-Aid or the Roulade, as I like to call it, or if we view things through the lens of what we've seen since 2017, which has been dumpster fire, basically. So we're going to try to be realistic-ish, and we're going to try to be Kool-Aid-ish as much as possible on these two, and we'll contrast and compare the two when we get done. But before we get to that, this is our first episode uh, as a part of Heard At Media. The Heard At Sports Network has graciously invited us to be a part of their stellar lineup podcast and we couldn't be more thrilled we really appreciate number one honky for his hand uh from the red cast for his hand in uh, giving us a good word with chris the vice president at heard at and for chris for giving us a shot thanks chris thanks to everybody down at heard at that's working crazily tires tirelessly to get all of our audio shows imported over to their platform so if you're watching this and you also like to download the audio show, I'm not sure when that's going to be available because I'm not sure how soon that migration will be done, hopefully by tomorrow. Uh, but anyway, as a part of Herd at Media, we do have a coupon code for you. If you haven't subscribed to Hail Varsity yet, we highly suggest that you do. I just got the magazine in the mail today, the latest issue, which is the one prior to the big June preview issue that they do every year previewing Nebraska's opponents in the Big Ten as well as their non-conference opponents. I'm pretty sure the Colorado preview will be all of a half a page long. Um, <laughs> there's really not much to preview at this point. Uh, but anyway, you, you need to be subscribed by May 31st is the cutoff date in order to be able to get that June issue of Hail Varsity in your mailbox. I highly highly recommend it it's worth the money to uh get 10 great issues of a first class magazine uh you also get access to all the online content recruiting news all that good stuff you get this uh year in pictures magazine plus of course the fall preview yearbooks coming in june um on the web if you want to subscribe and use our coupon code go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe type generation red all one word in the coupon code box at checkout. Now, they sent it to me in all caps, so hammer that all caps button just to be sure. Or if you want to just simplify it, go down in the description of the show uh, underneath this video or when you get the audio podcast, look in the show notes, and the very first thing you'll see at the top will be the link, and it'll automatically put our coupon code in. You just pay, pay your money, and off you go. You get a great discount. You get a great content, uh, great Husker content. Um Scott, I don't know about you, but this is kind of weird. I never thought I'd see another icon besides ours on a stream. What are you thinking at this point? Is it pretty cool? Uh, it's pretty cool because when it comes to my podcast consumption and when it comes to Husker media consumption, really the first ever media outlet that I started to consume was a Herd at Media affiliate, Hail Varsity Radio. That was the yeah. first Husker podcast that I was searching for when uh, Frost got hired. So when it comes to the beginning of my interest in the podcasting world in regard to our beloved Scarlet and Cream, Heard App Media was the uh, was the first media outlet that I ever clicked on. So it's just so crazy. I would have never guessed if, if somebody were to have told me the first year of Frost, hey, guess what? One of these days you're going to be working with Herd App Media in some capacity or another. I would have never, 
I would have never dreamt that. And if they would have also said like, oh, and it's going to be a podcast with your dad, I would have been like, okay, that makes a little bit more sense, but I'm still blown away. So um, (laughs) I'm just so thankful, thankful to Herd App Media for giving us, uh, giving us this opportunity. And we look forward to pushing out content um, that would be uh, resemblant of what kind of media corporation that they are corporation. I don't know if it's a corporation, but uh, media outlet, freaking awesome. Yeah, looking forward to it. It is. Um, I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of pinching myself. Uh, and I know to many people, it's probably not that big of a deal, but when you self fund and you self produce everything for, for two years, like we have to get the recognition or perhaps even be considered somewhat legitimate, I guess now would be a good way to put it. Uh, it's really, I really appreciate it, uh, more than, you know, and I hope we live up to their expectations for us. So, uh, speaking of those expectations, we kind of expected some quarterback news over the last couple of weeks and we got some, not the one, not the news that we really wanted. Of course, we all know that Dylan Riola is going to be a Georgia Bulldog, at least for the foreseeable future. He used to be an Ohio Buckeye too. So <laughs> we'll have to see where he actually signs on signing day, but you can't blame the kid. I mean, why wouldn't you want to go to a place that regularly churns out dudes to the NFL and is produce is seems to be printing national championships right now. So Dylan's gone. He's off to Uga, but in exchange, Nebraska did get the top quarterback in the 2024 class in the state of Nebraska. <laughs> I think he's like 41 nationally or 25th nationally, something like that. I don't remember. I meant to look it up and I completely forgot. Forgive me, Herd. He, full- <laughs> he is 457th, uh, according to On3, like, and he is the number 25 quarterback 25. from the 2024 okay. core, from the okay. 2024 class. Not too bad. Not too bad. That's a good. That's good. Uh, you know, it means something to get these kids uh, in from, from local. You know, the rule had talked all about it. Need to be the 500 mile radius. We've got to make sure you bring these guys in. Don't miss on somebody who's a who's a can't miss. And you know, his coach made it a point of pulling the rule aside and getting right up in his grill and going, "Okay, what's going to go on between Daniel and Dylan?" And while Rule didn't mention Dylan by name, probably because he couldn't, uh, he said, "Yes, we're going after a quarterback pretty hard right now. But if that one does not work out, Daniel's the first name on our list." After that, and sure enough, he lived up to his word. Within days, Kalen had decommitted from Missouri, and then very next day, he was a Husker. So uh, I'm excited to see what Kalen could do, especially if he's going to be one of those early enrollees. I think he might be. Uh, yeah. Seems to be a pretty sharp kid. So another another fun fact that I'm sure people have seen on the Twitter in the Twitterverse or just wherever else you get your media. Um, he was invited to be in the Elite 11 finals of the quarterback's uh, kind of prestigious uh, uh, ranking mm-hmm. system. And there's only a total of 20 quarterbacks that made it to the finals. So even though he's only a 20, I want to say only, even though he is the 25th ranked quarterback in the 2024 class, the fact that he made it into the top 20 of the uh, of the Elite mm-hmm. 11, that just shows that he is he's making some he's making some heads turn. So... Yep. Good on him for that. He's going to be competing with Dylan <laughs> uh-huh. in that situation. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, pretty awesome. Another commit that happened over the last couple of weeks was an offensive lineman from the University of Utah or Utah University. I don't even know what it's called for sure. I just know they have two U's on their helmet. They should probably have three if it's Utah University Utes, right? Triple three. 
You 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 cubed maybe. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. You see, squared. I'm living up to my name, folks. Cheesy humorist and roulette aficionado. Um, six six three hundred and some pounds. Four years of eligibility remaining. He's probably a project at this point. I don't see him contributing massive amounts of snaps this year, other than in absolute desperate need of them. But it begins to build that developmental program, especially on the O line where you really need it uh, in this in this deal. So I'm pretty excited that uh, within hours after he decommitted from Utah, he had committed to Nebraska. So that's a pretty good sign. Yep he's a he's a tall guy. He's a tall guy and. Being 300 pounds at the age that he is, that you know he's either only going to put on weight or just put on just pure strength. And with that kind of wingspan, I mean, mm-hmm. the sky's the limit for him. I, I mean, I think you and I talked about it or just casually mentioned it. I mean, he could be a very good tackle prospect. So um, we'll just see how he develops. I'm, I'm excited to see how he develops in this program. Uh, and, and really – any offensive line that any offensive lineman that we can get or defensive lineman we can get from Utah, mm-hmm. I mean they are a staple of trenches. So, yep. If we can mm-hmm. if we can get them, I'll take them. Yep, absolutely. Uh, got no issues with uh, with having this young man in the fold. Uh, it, we we just need depth on the line. I mean, it's going to the re, the return to relevance has to start up front on both sides and you know what? There's some other guys coming in, walk-ons that were added just since the spring game. These five, you have Caden Becker, a quarterback transfer from Wyoming, who will now play hybrid tight end and fullback at 6'4", 230 pounds. He went to high school at Omaha Scott, and one of his teammates, Barrett Liebentritt, I hope I said that right, Barrett, please forgive me if I didn't. And uh, he's also a tight end transfer from Notre Dame also from Omaha Scott, and he says he's going to play fullback as well. You have David Borchers, offensive lineman from Eldridge, Iowa. Awesome. One more offensive lineman, and I know Rule has talked about many times if he gets a good big guy and he can get him to walk on, he's going to do it. So apparently they like Borchers. And he chose the preferred walk-on to NU over a JUCO scholarship offered from Iowa Central Community College. Mm You have a defensive end, Leslie Black from Georgia, six foot six, two hundred and thirty pounds. Dang, that's a tall, gangly kid, isn't it? <laughs> you know, he's got the frame to probably end up being one of those edge players that uh, probably the speed too. That he could be big enough to uh, play on the end, put his hand in the dirt, and yet also stand up and cover. So uh, he chose chooses to walk on here over a handful of FCS offers, including Southern Illinois and Savannah State which I guess would be in Georgia, Savannah, Georgia. Uh, Jacob Bauer, linebacker and long snapper from Santa Margarita Catholic High School in in California. Smallest one of the bunch at six foot, 195 pounds. But, you know, that's not too bad a size for a kid who's coming in as a freshman. Chose to walk on at NU over a rugby offer from Army's West Point. And then down there, there's a list of all the guys that were already committed as walk-ons. So for now, we have 30, 13 walk-ons in this class, a little bit smaller than the typical walk-on classes that uh, Frost was, or Scott, you know, the beep button, I don't have programmed like NBNR does because I'm not that cute. Um, <laughs> they do that. I don't know if you've heard the shows, but every time they say Scott, they always hit the bleep button. It's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Love those guys. But um yeah, it's going to be interesting to see 
how this walk-on program looks going forward with Rule because I don't think he's going to carry nearly as many of them as, as Frost did, try to keep the keep the roster down to a bit more of a manageable level, kind of a la Bill Callahan. But the difference between his philosophy and Callahan's was Callahan's let the ones do 90% of the practicing, whereas Rule, everybody gets reps because he's all about developing. So be curious to see how all these young men develop in this program and who ends up uh, getting scholarships when they're by the time their career is done. I'm going to put the over under at six. I bet six of these guys end up getting scholarships before they're done at NU. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I have no input on that. I have no idea what our ratio of walk-on scholarship offers we've had in the last four years. And with a, with a new head coach, I really have no idea. So I'm proud of you for uh, even considering that. Sticking uh, my neck out there. I'm going to be yeah. way off, I'm sure. But what the heck? <laughs> Since hey. they're developing, I'm thinking they're not getting walk-ons in here to not give them scholarships eventually. You know, so. You're probably right. Um, anyway, that pretty much uh, settles the recruiting stuff. And I guess we should get to the main reason why we're here, and that is to talk about the games. These are our way too early win-loss predictions based on Kool-Aid view and realistic view. So leading things off, of course, Nebraska has to do it again, has to go on the road to play a Big Ten opponent opponent to open the season. And it's really worked out well the last two years they have done this. So, of course, most of Husker Nation has circled this game on the calendar as you got to get this one. If you get this one, it's kind of like a springboard, if you will. Maybe not quite a launching pad yet, but a springboard toward Boulder where you can really uh, make your mark early in the season. So, game one at Minnesota. Kool-Aid picks for both of us are... There we go. Looking through the lens of Kool-Aid, I've got it as a W just because... I'm just going to say the reason I've got it as a W is I think PJ Flex act might be wearing a little thin up in Minneapolis. He's lost a few players to the transfer portal this year, whereas that hadn't really been an issue for his team that I recall in past years. So I'm just curious as to how that team will respond losing some of their teammates. Uh, You've got it as an L. Yes, I've got it as a loss simply because even though I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, you will find at the end of this segment that my Kool-Aid prediction is still a very, very delicious and uh, desirable result for the season. Um, but there's just a few games, even with drinking the Kool-Aid, that I can just look at and go, based on our history, even with a new coach, um, I just don't I just don't see us winning this game right out of the gate. We've got a lot of kinks we got to work out. We've got a new system. We've got all new coaches. And even though I do agree, I think I think flex bravado and and system might not be exactly what it's uh, chalked up to be. But this is a hard game. This is a hard game. We start right at the end of August. It's 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 going to be it's just going to be a complete slobber knocker. And if I were to just if I were to do a coin flip, I mean, I, I would say we're probably more on the losing end of things. Um so even with me drinking the Kool-Aid, I'm just expecting that first game out of the, out of the gate to be a loss. Um, it's unfortunate. I I don't want that to be the thing, but when it all when it's all said and done, I think we'll have a good record, even with a Kool-Aid type of record. Um, but 
that I do want to at least lay this this uh, concept out there. I do think that if we win against Minnesota, my Kool Aid win loss record changes, mm-hmm. um, and that's not just for this game. I think I think we right. win one more game, and so that changes to the final total, which you'll find at the end. Sure. Um, but based on I, I hate to put it this way because we are doing Kool Aid versus realistic. Um, I would say that uh, we've got we've got a we've got a, a an L. That's just that's just how I look at it. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna lose right out of the gate, unfortunately. Um, even drinking the Kool Aid. Well, it looks like Moonbot Seven agrees with you. Oh, good old Moonbot. Cheers. You hear his name a lot around the uh, Streamyard circles in Husker Media Land. So, ah, congratulations! You're a you're a hater, Moonbot. How's that He's a man too? of the people. <laughs> <laughs> so if that was your Kool-Aid pick, apparently it stays in L. And for me, believe it or not, for the realistic side, based on the fact that the last two years when Nebraska has gone on the road to play somebody in the Big Ten to open their season, well, they did in 2020 too, right? They went to Ohio State because Kevin Warren. Uh, I'll just say that because Kevin Warren. Um, you know, all three of those were L's. So if the trend continues the same direction based on what's happened, okay, I could see this as an L if I'm thinking more along the lines of 2017 through 2022. So, and I'm guessing your, your L is based on the exact same things you, you based them on for the Kool-Aid or were you thinking a little more negatively, even in a realistic fashion? I'd say that the results are probably the same. I think I think it's going to be a close game, regardless if I'm drinking the Kool Aid or for realistic. Um, I think that the guys that rules working with right now, I I don't see any reason why they're not going to be competitive right out of the gate. Right. Um, so I think it's a I think it's a close loss either way. Um, just like like you said, the way that the things line up, first game out of the season playing a playing at somebody else's stadium, it's just not. It's not something you want you want to have. Um, so mm-hmm. that's just kind of that's just kind of my perspective. Um, so yeah, it's a loss either way, in my opinion. All righty. Well, moving on to the game that features computer servers that got absolutely melted down by all the Nebraska fans that Colorado was so successful at keeping from buying tickets. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we're year zero and one at this point with Kool Aid and Realistic. I'm one and zero with Kool Aid, zero and one with Realistic, and I think we both have called this a W. Um, go ahead, your reasoning behind calling this a W is my reasoning is just you can look at Colorado, you can see the talent that they have, or I could say lack thereof. And there's just nothing that convinces me that Deion Sanders actually has a stable program in the making right now. I feel like it's all showmanship. I feel like it's, it's just all media hype and Mm -hmm. it's just all talk. It's all talk. As far as I'm concerned, he's going to really need to prove himself here. And I just don't, they they start their season uh, playing against who? Who is it again? Uh, oh, uh, TCU. Yeah, the <laughs> they play TCU. Yeah. And so from my perspective, we are both coming off of losses because um, I don't see them beating TCU right out of the gate. Heck no. Um, and I just – I if I were to put a – if I were to just put a guess and say – or not even a guess, just an educated guess and say which coach could – 
take a year one program that's been in the dumps for years and years and years and compare them, compare the two, regardless if it's Colorado and our, and the illustrious history we have with them in the past, I think rule comes out on top nine times out of 10. Sure. So I, I see it as a W drinking the Kool-Aid for sure. Absolutely. He's bringing in, he, he had what? 55, 57 players that were on the roster when he got there. That was a one in 11 team granted. So they either left of their own volition or they told there was no spot for them. And uh, now he's trying to fill all that stuff in with a transfer portal. That's not going to reopen for a while. He's still short on scholarships. My understanding is how do you, I think Eric Francis from uh, Hale varsity, the photographer, he has his own podcast called the eye test on her media. Highly recommend it. Excellent. Excellent show. Uh, all about photography and sports and how all that relates together. And um, he said he just doesn't understand or compute the idea of figuring out how to form a team bond with a bunch of basically hired guns, a bunch of, uh, you know, guys. They're just going to show up and be a team. I mean, you can throw all the stars behind your na- their names you want, but it takes a long time to develop cohesiveness. We've seen that. You know, it's only so much you can do with so many transfers before egos get in the way. Locker room culture just isn't there. I just don't see it. Yeah. Regardless of Dion's coaching acumen, I'm, I'm sure he's probably a pretty good coach. I'm just not sure the blueprint he's using is going to be successful. Now, of course, I say that with s- some serious trepidation because we've seen it. Right, you go up there in 2019, jump out to a 17 nothing lead, and then the next thing you know, at the end of the fourth quarter, we're completely crapping ourselves, and we can't even make a field goal to try to tie the game at the end. It was just inexplicable. I understand we're under new leadership, but there's going to be some players there uh, that have that, that'll remember that game. So I'll be yeah, curious. and and really, you compare Nebraska and and. Colorado as they are right now, just coaching philosophy wise. If I were to just look at it from a neutral standpoint, I think rule is doing a much better job in building a culture than Dion is. And in the exact same way that you just described, right? Cause you've got rule. He didn't hit the transfer portal. He said outright, he's like, I just want to know what I've got with my guys right now. I don't want to, I don't want to flip the entire roster. I don't want right. to, I don't want to ostracize anybody. These guys know each other. They all already have relationships with each other, aside from obviously the new guys that are inevitably going to come in. Um, And Dion is doing the exact opposite. And it's just one of those things that it's like, just from the jump, there's going to be more, there's going to be more camaraderie and there's going to be more continuity for the Huskers roster than there is going to be from Colorado. Just, just from a psychological standpoint, there's just no way you can look at that objectively and say, oh, Colorado mm-hmm. culturally is going to be at a better place than Nebraska. <laughs> Not yeah. even talent wise. You can't even, you can't say culturally, you can't say talent wise, and you can't say from coaching history that, that Colorado is right. a better team going into this season. It's just across the board. It's, right. it's a W. So yeah, even on the realistic side, we've got it as a W for those yep. reasons. Cause realistically, it's hard to, it's hard to consider that Dion's going to be able to put a team cohesiveness together 
Uh, and who knows? Maybe he does. Maybe he works a miracle, and all of a sudden there's a brand new blueprint blueprint out there for how to win in college football and how to win now. Could be. Uh, the odds are stacked against them. And I'm going with the odds on this one, even on the realistic side. Um, so moving on, we've got game three. Northern Illinois comes to Nebraska. That's one of the first of three games that we will be going to. And at this point, you've got us one and one on both sides of the coin. I've got us two and zero on the Kool-Aid side and realistic one and one. We both got this as a win for obvious reasons. I think, um, I think it'll be closer. I think we might beat Colorado by more points than we'll beat Northern Illinois simply because they're a fairly established program. Uh, but I, I 10, 10 to 14 points. I think we beat these guys by without too much trouble. So, um, yeah. You? Yeah. From the Kool-Aid perspective, I say that it's, it's, I want to call it a blowout, but we definitely win by two and a half, three scores. Okay. Um, and then realistic. Yeah. I think at least two scores, if not a score and a half. Um, yeah. I think, I think, I think it's a, I think it's an easier win than we will possibly see for the rest of the season. Um, but of course, I still have that, you know, that PTSD from uh, prior experiences in the past with Northern oh, Illinois. Yeah. So, absolutely. But it's, you know, a new day, uh, new sun, you know, sunrise. Um, so I've, I've got it dubs uh, across the board, Kool Aid or realistic. All righty. Moving on to the second game that we're going to at Memorial Stadium, uh, game four, Louisiana Tech. You're at two and one. I'm re- also two and one for realistic and three and oh for Kool Aid. So. How do we think this game is going to go? We both have got the W's for Kool-Aid simply because we do. I think at this point, offensive line is probably going to start coming together. The defense is going to be disruptive if anything is like what it was in the spring game. Um, I don't know. Four, three, four scores on the Kool-Aid side and two scores on the realistic side. So we both have it as a W on realistic. How do you see the Kool-Aid or the realistic game going? I see the Kool-Aid being a game that the stadium starts to clear the stands about five minutes into the fourth quarter. I think it's an absolute blowout. I think after we get that swagger and that confidence of winning two games in a row um, and and we kind of knock the rust off a little bit, we're going into game four and we're just ready to just lay the absolute pipe on these guys. And so I think think it's a blowout win for Kool-Aid. And then from the realistic standpoint, I think it's still a very, very sizable win. All righty. Well, now we get to the game, the game that is going to be the opportunity for Coach Rule to get his first signature win as the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And the question is, do we both think the Kool-Aid is strong enough? Is the Rule-Aid strong enough with this man that he can pull off the upset win? Uh, no. Nope. Even it, it doesn't matter how sweet I make that Kool-Aid. The only thing it does is end up giving me diabetes. Uh, it does not give me any confidence that this is going to be a W. So I'm calling it an L, even on the Kool-Aid side, but I'm calling it an L by 10 points or less. I think they. I think that defense keeps them in it until the end, until they just kind of get tired. Yeah, I, I see it from a Kool-Aid perspective. I see it like... We're always a score to two scores behind, but we are we are kind of hanging in there, and then they kind of pull away right at the end of the game and get you know one of those five minutes left in the game scores, and we lose by seventeen 
17 to 20 points. Um, but I think, I think our guys can walk away with their heads held high. Cause if we, if we win or if we lose the game, you know, 35 to 24 or something like that, or 35 to 21, um, 35 to 17, whatever it is, whatever it is, they're the top dogs in the big 10. They were in the college football playoff last year. Um, even though they had that embarrassing loss against TCU, but props Mac Max Duggan for that, for that performance that he did on an injured leg and just looking like he was falling apart. Um, just an absolute dog. So any, anything that we can do, that's not a blowout, even from a Kool-Aid perspective, I think is something, dare I say, be a moral victory. Um, that's my Kool-Aid perspective of things. Mm -hmm. Well, this team was took them to the fourth quarter two years ago when we were the best three and nine team in history of college football. So what up, <laughs> cool? From a realistic position, uh, if I'm really looking at this game realistically, I don't think we get our doors blown off like we did um, when we went to Michigan. But I do see this probably seventeen to twenty one points on a realistic scale. Uh, so maybe I end up falling in the middle. Maybe, maybe we only actually lose by 14, but I don't know. I'm kind of leaning 17 to 21 on the realistic side. On the realistic side, I see it being once again, a close game in the first half. I think we go into halftime, like 21 to 13 or something. We're down by eight points. And then the second half, they just, they, the barn doors just come flying open and we lose like we by, used to, to people back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think it's like some a pretty high scoring game. They walk away pretty easily, forty two to let's see, I said thirteen, so forty two to twenty, something like that. You know, it's just one of those humbling experiences for our guys to know that you guys still have a little ways to go. And I think I think that I think that is uh, going to be useful for these guys. They need to they need to be they need to be humbled and reminded that even though they've got a new coach, they've got a new system and, and they're getting a breath of fresh air that they still have a mountain to climb in front of them. Yep. I completely get where you're coming from. So now we're on to game six, uh, three and two Kool-Aid and realistic for you. Three and two realistic for me and four and one Kool-Aid Illinois. We got to go there, right? Yes. We're going to Illinois. That's how I, I, See, I outlined the helmets for the away games in white. That way I'd remember. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 We'll be wearing white, at least white tops anyway. I see them um, before. Yeah. Kool-Aid side, we both have it as a win. Uh, you're thinking behind a win at Illinois on the Kool-Aid side. So I think even with a short post week, because it's a Friday night game. So we've only got six mm-hmm. days from playing Michigan till we are going to Illinois. We're going to Champaign. I just think that if there's anything that rule can do as a coach is galvanize a team around a loss, which is something we haven't seen since the Bo Pelini era, really. Um, I think that they go in there with a thirst for blood. Um, that's my Kool-Aid perspective. And I think it's a close game. I think we really grind something out and, and we win by a field goal and, and okay. in some way, shape or form. Um, I think it's a hard game because regardless of how you look at it, Brett Balama is a great coach. This is his third season at the Illini. He's beaten us twice in a row. I couldn't, I mean, just last year was just awful. 
it was a weird game scoregami of all sorts you know yeah. 26 to 9 and just all of that context Scoring. from a cool <laughs> yeah yeah from a from a Kool-Aid perspective I think I think we win I I'm more on the if I were to coin flip I would say I'm more on the side that we win this game drinking the Kool-Aid mm-hmm. all right I'm in I'm in the same boat I I see this as a close one on the road uh, as as a game that, um, yeah, that that rule pulls something out in a in a way of motivation after Michigan, even on a short week, and you, you know they're going to get the living crap kicked out of them by Michigan on both sides of the line of scrimmage, and you know the exact same thing is going to happen when they show up in Champaign. But somehow these guys are going to withstand it, and like you said, somewhere in that three point, maybe f- seven points at the very most. But when we look at it realistically, I just don't see it. I don't see as good a coach as Bielema is and as good as that offensive line has been for him, and it's only getting better. Um, Rule's an old-school offensive line coach himself, so he understands that this is a trenches game, but I just – and again, I'd flip the score, though. It won't be a blowout. It won't be 14 points. It'll be somewhere in that three- to seven-point range that Bielema's squad ends up figuring it out at the end probably one too many turnovers on the part of either sims or a running back is the way i look at it and i i look at it from from a perspective of they're coming off of a a pretty even with a new coach at purdue they're coming off of a pretty tough away game going to purdue um but that so they're going to have kind of that same mindset they might lose that game against purdue who knows with that defensive coordinator that was theirs, you know, he's Mm going to have them dialed in, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we could potentially see a lot of motivating factors from both sides of the ball. And my realistic take is I don't think we come out on top with that, with, with Brett Bielema having an established program. Mm -hmm. I mean, just from a realistic standpoint, I see it being a loss, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, So is there any hope? I mean, really, are we going to be, Going to be that four and eight again? Well, let's find out. <laughs> we don't learn today. I've got five and one at this point, so we're damn sure not going four and eight, according to the the way I mix my Kool Aid. But uh, yeah, we're starting to see a little disparity, a little bit of difference between kind of our predictions and where our head spaces are at with this with this season, which I think is healthy. I think that's a good thing to do. I think uh, you've probably got a better perspective, even from a Kool Aid perspective, than I do. I can't help myself. I like Coach Rule. And I think his players love him, and I think that's going to turn into a few more, a win or two more than what you think. But realistically, I also can see a a, a way where we barely squeak into a bowl. But let's keep moving. Northwestern is next. They're in. They're coming to Nebraska, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Duh. Helmet's red. Hey, Ken, wake up. Remember your own signals. Uh, this wasn't one of the games I picked i don't think i think we're going to purdue aren't we yeah we're going to purdue we're going to Louisiana. yes yes we're going to purdue we're going to purdue, going to purdue. Yeah. i, I see what you're talking about one, but confuse me for a second <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh i've definitely got this as a win you've got it as a win my thinking is pat fitzgerald might have done his best coaching behind him i'm not sure in the age of nil and in the age of the transfer portal and all those things with a private school being a private school, and it's so hard to get in there anyway. 
I don't know, man. I just don't see him being the guy that's going to sneak up and bite somebody in the ass and happen to win a Big Ten West championship every three or four years. So I see this as a W just for those reasons. I see it as a W for kind of the same reasons. And I will add in addition to that, that we are coming off of a bye week going into this game. And Mm. it's going to be, I think it's going to be electric um, in the stadium. I'm really hoping it's another night game. That would be awesome. That'd be so Um, sweet. That'd be so sweet. Um, And yeah, I, I just think regardless of what coaches love to say about It's just one game at a time. Don't worry about last year. Don't worry about the history. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. The guys that are still on our roster that played last year, they're going to remember the embarrassing loss that they had to deal with going to Ireland. And the, the added salt of embarrassment that that was the only game that, that Northwestern won. It's like you just, you're just insult after insult. I mean, they are no, Regardless of how you look at it from a coaching perspective, from a player's perspective, they're going to remember that. And I think they're going to, once again, be out for blood. So I think. Is it going to be 56 to 7 like two years ago or more like that 42 to 14 range? That's kind of what I'm thinking. I think it's I think it's going to still be a lower scoring game, but I think our defense really locks down. I think it's actually a low scoring game. And it's it's one of those that just. No matter what Northwestern tries to do, we shut them down, but their defense kind of keeps us on lockdown as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I see it more being like a like a 24-7 to 7 win comfortably. Yeah, okay. So when you look at the realistic side of your pick on that, are you looking at an even lower final score for Nebraska than that, like a 17-7 yeah. to 7 type deal? I think it's yeah. I think it's a I think it's a prototypical Big Ten game. Um, yeah. I think that okay. that Pat old Patty, he's gonna he's gonna have his guys ready to go, um, and our guys are gonna <laughs> our guys are still gonna be pretty CV from their realistic loss against uh, Illinois, and they're gonna have to grind it out. But I think that they get a a pretty uh, uh, a pretty good like feel good win against a Big Ten foe. So I think that they still win, but it's yeah, it's more like a. 17 to 14 or 20 to 17 super super close low scoring game all righty all righty well we have just passed well we went by a game we're past halfway geez i'm really not with it tonight i apologize i just got rid of a migraine headache about five minutes before we went live and that just kind of threw me into a tizzy so um game eight purdue which is the one we're going to i can't freaking wait to go to this game i the first away game, probably the only away game in the Big Ten that I've been to was at Purdue, which is a beautiful little stadium. Had a lot of fun, and Amir went off for like 200 yards, and it was Tommy Armstrong's first ever start as a redshirt freshman, in which he promptly threw four picks. <laughs> Shades of what was to come. Um, five and two is what you've got for a record on the Kool-Aid side. I'm six and one, and we're both four and three at Realistic, so... What do we think is going to happen against Purdue? On the Kool-Aid side, we both got it as a W. I do because it's a first-year head coach, much like Rule, but it's also the first time Brian Walters has been a head coach. Matt Rule has two stints at Tempe and or at Temple and at Baylor. 
uh, when it comes to being a head coach and dealing with the college level game. Brian's going to be doing this in the rough and tumble, crazy world of the Big Ten. I think he struggles in this game pretty hard. I think his defense will be pretty good, but I don't know if his offense is going to do much. And I think White's defense will be coming into its own at this point. So my guess is it's like a 10 to 14 point victory uh, over Purdue. Fair enough. Um, I kind of have the exact same thing, so I won't I won't stress it all that much. If you okay. just compare first-year coaching resumes, Rule comes out on top um, for the exact reasons that you just said. So that's why I would pick my Kool-Aid as a W for sure. But then when we get to the realistic side, for some reason I picked this at a loss. I, it, was a gut, it was a gut thing, even though I know Brian Walters has that that lack of experience as a head coach. Um, I don't know. I just have a gut feeling about this game, probably because I'm going to it. And it seems like every time I go to a game these days, that's not Indiana, uh, we lose it. So, um, it'll be close though. It'll be one of those things where we give up like a big play right at the end of the game and they kick a game winning field goal as the time expires. So it's like 24, 21 or 27, 24, something crazy, something heartbreaking. Yep, I completely agree. I think it's going to be a loss, um, and I think it's going to be in that same exact fashion. It's going to be heartbreaking. It's going to be, once again, a humbling reminder to our guys that they still got a long way to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, <laughs> oh, Moonbot's killing me. Moonbot is absolutely killing me. He's cracking me up. I, I won't post <laughs> one of those comments, Moonbot, because I'm a nice guy. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you don't need to be tracked. Um, <laughs> Michigan State's our next road game, uh, game number nine. You're at six and two, Kool Aid. I'm at seven one, and we're both at four and four. Realistic. Uh, we do, do, do. There's where we diverge again on the Kool Aid side. There's a couple of games where we have diverged when it comes to Kool Aid. I'm going to let you go ahead and lead off as to why you think this will be a loss after coming off a pretty good good win on the Kool Aid side against Purdue. I just think it's it's a tough ask. I think it's a tough ask going into East Lansing anytime you go into East Lansing. Um, and it, like I said, it's just – there's just a few stripes that our guys are going to have to earn even with drinking the Kool-Aid. And I just couldn't if, – if I had to pick a few games that we were going to win Kool-Aid-wise um, – and then I also had to pick a few games that we lost. Michigan State just stood out to me as as more the most realistic Kool Aid loss that we would get. Um, but I do want to say that this is the game that I think we win if we go out of the gate and we beat Minnesota. If okay. we somehow win that game at Minnesota, then we win at Colorado, so on so forth. I think we go into this game and I think we can actually squeak out a win um, in the Kool-Aid regard of things. So that's where, that's where it is that there, that's where my, my process, my thought process is at when it comes to that, that game, the season opener. Um, I think mm-hmm. we win this game if we somehow squeak out a victory against uh, right. one of our big 10 West foes. All right. So very cool. Very cool. Uh, <laughs> I should have posted this comment. I, I was thrown by the other one, but Moonbot dropped this one during our Purdue breakdown. Uh, they still have Bambi at running back, so I hope we can stop him. Sure would be nice. 
<laughs> Bambi, I love it. <laughs> Makes me I haven't laugh. heard that before. That's the first time I've heard that laugh. nickname. That so. dude watching him run, his crazy legs flapping around everywhere. It's like, yeah, watching Bambi learn how to walk. <laughs> which is which is funny for me because when I was in boot camp, my nickname was Bambi because I had <laughs> shin splints the entire time. Yeah. So I ran like I had like oh, boards, dude. like wood boards, like nailed into my legs. So yeah, oh, I was sucks. I was Bambi. That's funny. Oh, that sucks. Oh, sorry you got those from me, probably. Um No, I was just I was just a weak bitch. That was the thing. <laughs> well, we both have the same I I've actually got a lot a win for Michigan State, and the reason I've got it listed as a win on Kool-Aid and on Unrealistic on is because I think this is my read on it. Mel Tucker, I think, caught Lightning in a bottle one year where he got just the right mix of transfers. Everything worked out so good. And then we punted to the wrong side of the damn field, which seemed to really get that season on track. What is it about us? Why is it that we're the team that everybody seems to beat and then everything goes good for them afterwards, except for, of course, Northwestern last year. But, um, yeah, I've still got this as a win. I think he caught lightning in a bottle. I think, like said, I think that white defense is coming into coming into play now. They're really figuring things out. Um, offense should be humming. And of course, as we're making these predictions, folks, we're not really taking injuries into into account. At least I'm not. I'm not looking at this going, yeah, Sims is going to go down, so that's why my realistic picks are different or anything like that. This is just gut level, coach versus coach, team versus team, philosophy versus philosophy for me. So for me, I think Rule's going to have a better locker room and a better team cohesiveness than Michigan State will. My realistic reason for it is obviously if I'm picking us to lose the Kool-Aid, then duh, I'm not going to pick it as a dub for <laughs> for the realist uh, for the realistic in the Kool-Aid. They just kind of have to be the same at that point. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, it's hard. It's hard because as you can look at right now, you know, Dad, you've got us bowl eligible. I'm still quite not bowl eligible at this point with my win loss prediction. At right. uh, where am I at right now? I'm at, at four and five. Four and five on the realistic four and five. Um, and so it's really hard for me to. It, it's it's one of those things where as you go game by game as a Husker fan, or at least I'll speak for myself as a Husker fan, it's been really hard year in year out mm-hmm. to look at a game to game basis and not just pick wins all the dang time. And so I kind of just had to just, I just had to just suck it up and say, okay, well, it's a loss. I mean, that's just that from a realistic standpoint, that's Mm -hmm. just, you guys got to prove yourselves, prove yourselves this year, prove me wrong by all means. Like seriously, like prove me wrong. I'd love to, I'd love it. I I'm down to be humbled in such a regard. So well, I got an interesting question for you before we go any further, just real quick. um, You've got, on the Kool-Aid side, you've got two different records based on how that Minnesota game comes out, meaning that this game is a win for you on the Kool-Aid side if Nebraska beats Minnesota. The question I have is if you've got that different win total for the Kool-Aid side, why not change the win totals on the realistic side? Is there a particular reason you still stayed at the same win-loss record on the realistic side? Yeah, because I think that I think that game right out of the beginning of the season, I think that 
I think that sets the tone for the rest of the season, even with drinking the Kool-Aid. And from a realistic standpoint, I just have to look at these games and go, and, until we can prove that we can win the games that, in my mind, I think we should win, right. I'm, just, I'm just not going to compromise in that regard anymore. So when I'm looking at it from a realistic standpoint – if I think we're losing against if we're losing against Illinois and we're losing against Purdue and we're losing against Minnesota from the Big Ten side of things, uh, it's those are games that I think we should win. And so I just want to remain consistent and say, well, we should win against Michigan State, but we haven't in the past. Right. Um, last time we beat them was that nine to six uh, snowstorm game Winter that we fest. played. Yeah, and that was not a good Michigan state team. No. And so, yes, I agree. Mel Tucker caught, caught lightning in a bottle with Kenneth Walker, like what an absolute stud. Um, but who's to say he does, he can't do it again. Um, okay. so that's, that's kind of why I didn't really change my realistic. And, and I think what my dad's talking about is we had a conversation in, <laughs> in his truck, um, for a, uh, for a live stream event for the go big red cast at the Hale varsity club. And we did this little exercise then. And I believe that I, I predicted the same realistic win loss record at that point as I yeah, am now. You did. Um, so that's, that's just kind of, that's just kind of where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm just at a point of, I'm going to remain consistent with my, my realistic standpoint, um, which when it's all said and done, I think I think Husker Nation is going to be uh, pretty happy with my conclusion of of a realistic win loss record. Sure. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. And Moonbot, he's he's a little bit even more realistic than me. Um, we had bit. said we will put his comment up there what he thinks his win loss record is going to be from a realistic standpoint. Yep. And throw that up. There his is again. less. His is even less optimistic than me. But like I said on a previous episode. Uh, Moonbot is obviously better at predicting, uh, <laughs> the, the future of Husker football, um, back in the day context. I thought that Scott Frost was the bee's knees even after year one. And Moonbot was like, you're out of your freaking mind on YouTube. And he was right. So, you know, he's probably even more accurate than I am. So let's just, uh, we'll see. let's we move on see. to, uh, Maryland. Yep. At this point, you've got us six and three. I've got us eight and one on the Kool-Aid side. I'm definitely gulping it down by the Ooh. gallon. It's dribbling down my chest like that dude in the, I should have grabbed that gift, but I didn't. Um, four and five realistic for you, five and four realistic for me. I'm kind of leaning more toward the realistic side, really, when it comes to what I think the season's going to be. But um, W, we both got W's. Yeah. <sighs> This one's interesting because I could see it being a close game either on the Kool-Aid side or the realistic side just because if Tagovailoa is healthy coming into this game, it could be a shootout uh, unless that yeah. offense is really good at ball control and they can keep it away from them. Um, but, yeah, I've got this as like a 7-10 to 10 point win on the Kool-Aid side, and I also have it as about a 7-point win on the uh, realistic side. I've I've got it as a win um and it's it's still a close win even with with Kool-Aid and it's a very very close win in my opinion with uh with being realistic this one was hard for me I, it was kind of one of those things where it was like 
I think there's a coin flip between Michigan State and Maryland, which game we win. And so that's another thing. I, I thought I wish I would have thought of that when you asked me that question <laughs> in the previous game. It yeah. was kind of one of those things where it was like, it's a coin flip between those two games. And if I had to pick one, I would pick an at-home game against Maryland um, over a, over a, a an away game at East Lansing. So Mike Loxley is a good, good coach. It's good to see what he's doing at Maryland because I remember when Maryland joined the Big Ten, I was pretty excited about them because they were, they were pretty good. They were pretty good before they joined uh, the Big Ten, and then they had that big learning curve, kind of mm-hmm. like we did when we joined the Big Ten. Um, so I've got us as a, as a dub either way. Um, but it's going to be a pretty dang close game. I don't see it. I don't see it. I, it could go either way. I think, I think that we could definitely lose the game in a realistic standpoint. Um, and a Kool-Aid either way from a Kool-Aid perspective, it's, it's a close game, but we win. Alrighty. Game 11, Wisconsin going to Madison where uh, the student section shows up about halfway through the second quarter because they, they got to drink that Wisconsin brew, you know. Um, yeah, bud. <laughs> yeah, bud. And then the jump around, which is uh, one of those days that stadium is going to come down. It's going to be funny. Just hope we're not there playing when it happens. Uh, yes. <laughs> I've got a six and four on the realistic side, nine and one. On the Kool-Aid side, five and five is your realistic prediction for the season at this point, and seven and three for Kool-Aid. We both have got this as a loss. This is my second loss on the Kool-Aid side. Uh, spoiler alert, it's a loss on the realistic side. Uh, and both of them. Um, it's interesting. I had a hard time picking this as a loss simply because I know Luke Fickle is also a first-year head coach at Wisconsin, and he's completely changing the offense. He's going to bring in that air raid slash spread with some zone read and all that kind of stuff. So it's a complete philosophy change on offense, much like Nebraska's going through right now. Uh, but when you took a look at the resumes, when you look at what what Fickle did with what he inherited at Cincinnati, the guy's a coach, and I think his players are going to play for him. It's probably going to be a close one. A close one of many duels between Rule and uh, Fickle. That'll probably be one to two score wins for either team uh, in the near future, in the coming future. So hopefully we end up in the same pod or whatever they're going to do with the with the uh, game scheduling in the future. But uh, this is a close loss for me on the Kool-Aid side and probably a 10-point loss on the uh, realistic side. I have the exact same kind of thought process there. And I'll just say on top of that, that it's, it's Wisconsin. I mean, you've got Luke fickle. He's a dang good coach. Matt rule is a dang good coach, but Wisconsin has had a longer string of success in the last decade than Nebraska can even account for. So you know that they're going to have talent, you know, that they're going to have dogs, you know, that, I mean, we're going to Wisconsin. That's, that's a tough ask anyway and so from a kool-aid standpoint sorry it's just going to be a loss and then from a realistic standpoint absolutely a loss but i do agree with you i think i think it's a close game either way i think the the way that we just so barely lost the game against wisconsin last year it's 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 hard to say that we can't with a new coaching staff with, with guys that are ready to go with their mm-hmm. 
you know, solidified, set in stone, new head coach. There's no reason why they can't make this game close, in my opinion. But yeah. either way, I think it's a loss. All righty. And we are now down to the game, the Black Friday game, the game between two teams, one of whose athletic director is set to retire or will be retired at this point, and they will have a new AD in place. Uh, as uh, Gary Barta announced earlier this week that he plans to step down and retire, I believe in August. So um, interesting, interesting development there for, uh, for old Kurt Ferentz and his uh, waterhead son. Um, <clears throat> game 12, Iowa. At this point, I have six and five on the realistic side. You're five and six. So we're pretty close. Uh, Kool-Aid, we're also within a couple games of each other. Seven and four for you, nine and two for me. We both on the Kool-Aid side have this as a W. Um, a lot of these players are going to remember running that trophy off the field. They're going to remember the fans that treated them oh so pleasantly as they were going over to get the trophy, and they will want to do anything and everything to keep that on the side on the proper sideline. I see this on the Kool-Aid side. I see this as a 14-point win. I know they've got a good defense. I know they've got good special teams. I know we have carried them to one score. Uh, they beat us by one score or less every single time when Frost was the coach. Um, and we couldn't get out of our own way. There's no reason Iowa didn't just freaking take it to us, but they never could because for some reason we played them tough. And I think that continues, I think, with people in charge who understand game management who understand the value of running the football and the value of being able to put pressure on a quarterback that well, maybe he'll be better than what they had. But I, I don't know. McNamara could be a little better, but I see this as a 17-point victory on the Kool-Aid side. And on the realistic side, I also have it as a W because I just can't pick an L over what, uh, against Iowa. Just can't do it. But it'll be a little closer, probably like last year, 24 to 17 with them driving at the end and we have to stop them on downs. Hmm. And that's fair. Um, I, my logic behind picking us to be Iowa drinking the Kool-Aid and then spoiler alert, because uh, we will beat them realistically is because fuck Iowa. <laughs> I mean, that that's basically it last year. The only thing that makes it very conflicting for me internally is that last year, the first time ever being a Husker fan, I ever predicted us to lose against Iowa was the year that we won. And so <laughs> bad juju is afoot. If I'm sitting here saying, okay, we're going to win. Um, <laughs> but I just, I learned my lesson last year. I, I need to just, I need to mm -hmm. stick true to my guns and just say, I will never predict for us to lose against Iowa ever again. They don't, they don't deserve that kind of affirmation from me. Um, and so I think we win. I mean, their, their, their offense is trash. Uh, their defense clearly was good last year and we had no problem for a lot of that game, just running up and down the field on them. Thanks Trey Palmer. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think that with this big 10 style offense that, that rules bring into, to the table, I don't fuck Iowa. They can just suck a dick. So, um, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Heard that. <laughs> oh, they'll be fine. Yeah. NBNR they'll dropped be fine. like six F bombs per hour. So 
it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, F Iowa too. I, I will say that. I will absolutely echo those sen- sentiments, uh, you know, because they're Iowa. I mean, come on. So there we go. Because I just like doing fancy work and make myself get a headache. There's the full chart of wins and losses for me. On the Kool-Aid side, two losses, 10 wins. On the realistic side, I ended up with eight and four uh, with losses to Minnesota, Michigan, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. The only two losses on the Kool-Aid side. Oh, I forgot to change that to realistic. Or no, that's yours. My bad. Yeah, I have eight and four. You have eight and four. Ooh. On the Kool-Aid side of things, I'm that is. And a beer, for God's sakes. What the heck? Um, yeah, eight and four is what you've got. Uh, my realistic side is actually seven and five. Uh, being the losses, Minnesota, Michigan, Illinois, Purdue, and Wisconsin. Your realistic side is six and six. So we're really close. The only other loss you have that's different from mine is Michigan State. But otherwise, we pretty well line up on on win-loss records when it comes to the realistic side. And I think the answer is probably somewhere in the middle between your realistic side and my Kool-Aid side. I think the answer is somewhere in there. It could be seven and five. It could be eight and four. And maybe it's just going to end up being six and six, which I will be thrilled with the idea of going to a bowl game, especially somewhere warm for crying out loud. I'd actually go. That would be kind of cool. Yep. Yep. And I just, it was, it was tough for me because when I went game by game with the most painfully realistic and pessimistic standpoint that I could, I had us going five and seven, um, flipping that loss against uh, Maryland, which we will bring that comment up now. Moonbot had said that that was basically what I thought as well, uh, that that he actually had the same losses that I did except for uh, Maryland. He also thinks that, or he thinks that we will lose against uh, Maryland. And that was kind of my most pessimistic, extreme realist standpoint, but Mm -hmm. I just... No matter which way I've I've looked at it so far, I just I think we make it to a bowl game this year. I really think we do, and so I I kind of compromised with myself. Right. I, I the fact that I was able to compromise with myself and and kind of bring my Kool Aid expectations down, I kind of had to do the inverse and kind of bring my realistic expectations up a little bit if I wanted to bring some some yin and yang to the universe. Um, so we go six and six, I think we're probably more on the five and seven side of things, but I, I just, I really, in my heart of hearts, this is all emotions in my heart of hearts. I think we go six and six and we go to a bowl game. That's, that's my compromised, uh, realistic, uh, perspective. So disclaimer, my realistic standpoint does have, does have a little bit of Kool-Aid powder, no sugar in it, just a little bit of Kool-Aid powder, straightened in a line with, with a, with, with a credit card, with just a little hundred dollar bill and just a little, not even the full line, just like a little bump, you know, just a, just a little, just a little whiff. Um, so that, that's just kind of, that's kind of where, where I'm at. So six and six, I'm that okay went, with that. That, that escalated quickly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Moonbot. We truly appreciate it. Um, that's awesome. And then he said, uh, Ken's Kool-Aid is mine and Scott, no, you can't have my Kool-Aid Moonbot. That's my damn Kool-Aid. You get your own. And, uh, Scott's, if we can start hot and we're a true new team is what I'm guessing he's getting at there. 
Uh, yes. Excellent take, Moonbat. I'm kind of with you. I could easily see six and six and even five and seven, as you said, depending on where this team's head is at when adversity strikes. Something yeah. tells me this this coaching staff's putting them in a lot of adverse conditions and will continue to do so. So they know how to handle them. Um, like tackling in practice. God, they've been averse oh. to that for the previous five freaking Crazy years. Crazy concept, man. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? Practice what you preach, you know? It's yes, a sir. crazy, crazy concept. Who I don't know. I don't know who came up with that idea, but whoever, whoever did, they deserve a raise. Well, we have this to go, and then we're done. Fun facts, ladies and gentlemen, is back. We are back. We have some fun, a fun fact for all of you that uh, – Unless you don't know about our YouTube channel or you didn't see the video that we posted to it about a week ago, you wouldn't know that Scott and I have kind of really gotten back in playing golf together. Uh, it's something I had stopped doing when I was on the road for many years. I used to take my clubs with me, and it was really, really hard to find a place to play on the weekend and be able to park my truck somewhere safely to do so. I remember that one trip you went with me on. In fact, it might have been the last time you and I ever golfed together. It was like 2011 or something. We went to Arizona. Yeah. And we lugged both our sets of clubs, <laughs> which yes. was fun moving those around in the truck to find room to sleep. Right. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> we just started getting back into it. I just bought a used set of ping irons. I'm absolutely loving them, even though I'm taking up more turf than I am hitting ball, but that's okay. Uh, I've got a nice little tailor-made M2 driver that I'm enjoying very much and, uh, played quite a few rounds. Hey, I broke 80 the other day, Scott. How about that? There you go, buddy. Yeah. There you go. I mean, it was on a par three course, but <laughs> I broke 80. <laughs> oh, my God. I shot 78 over 18 holes at Jim Ager. So, yeah, 41 the first time around, and I improved by four the second time around. So, Good I was job. happy. Anyway, um, there we go. There's, look for that thumbnail on our YouTube channel if you have not seen the video of us out golfing at Jim Ager. It was an absolute blast. We had fun filming it. Um, how about you? What's, uh, I know you just got some fun stuff going on as far as your golf game. Yeah. Yeah. So took me a little while to get my swing back into a somewhat serviceable form. Um, and mm -hmm. the, the irons that I was running, they were, what, what, what did you call them? Knife or uh, blade? They're blade. They're your they were bladed. bladed. Yep. And it just, it hurt like a son of a gun hitting the ball correctly, let alone hitting it incorrectly. <laughs> I mean, they were like 20, I don't even know how old they, they are, but they were old, old sets of irons. But I actually got a really good deal for some... Uh, Shoot, I'm blanking on the name all of a sudden. Callaway. Um, Callaway. Callaway I got some, steel something burner iron. Yeah. Really good starter slash. Yeah, I got like a yep. got a two hundred dollar set of irons for ninety bucks on Facebook Marketplace. They're in great condition. Um and yep. so I've got at least a decent set of clubs now. I'll need to get a new bag because the bag that I'm using right now is actually my grandpa's old bag, and I don't want to use it too much, but it's what I got yeah. right now. Um, but yeah, I've got all new irons. I've got a good putter. Um, and then I just have one driver and I really enjoyed using that driver at the driving range the other day with my dad. Um, I, I've, 
I know I got my swing at least somewhat right because around 80% of the time I was actually hitting the ball straight and wasn't slicing it or cutting it to the right or the left. So really excited about that. I'll have to get the clubs out. I'm thinking tomorrow, actually, I think I'm going to go to Agar and, and run a par three. Uh, well, I don't know if they're going to be open tomorrow. It's Memorial day, but question I'll have to look it up, but yeah, I'd be down. I think it's supposed to are. If they are, I'll go with you. Absolutely. But I gotta, I gotta break them in. See how they, see how they yes. work. They feel nice. So yes, do. Alrighty. Well, that's pretty much it for fun facts. We appreciate you all watching. Scott, where can folks find you if they want to follow you on the old, you know, Twitterers? Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Genred Pod. That is Scott with two T's. The second T is in fact silent. Um, you can follow me there and see what in the world I'm up to these days, which isn't much. So, yeah. All right. Enjoy it. Well, my stomach is flat, but the L is silent. So there we have something in common. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You can follow me and the show. Told you, cheesy humorist. I saw that on Facebook. That was a good one. Oh, go figure. I found that on Facebook. Um, You can find us in the show at genredpod.com. All of our social media links are at the top of the page to YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also subscribe to the audio podcast by searching for Generation Red. And click on the uh, subscribe button. Make sure you leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. And also, don't be afraid to hit that like button on this video. Helps push this content out to more Husker fans. And stay tuned. It may be a little bit before the audio gets out to you, but it will get there. So uh, anyway, on behalf of Scott and myself, we really appreciate all of you listening. And uh, he's Scott. I'm Ken. Together we're Generation Red. And we're here to remind you each and every week that there is absolutely no place like Nebraska. And Iowa's corn sucks doggy eye boogers. <laughs> yes, it does. Absolutely does. We'll see you next time, folks. And thanks again to Herd App Media and uh, all our friends out there who've helped us get this thing going and encouraged us to keep going. This has been an absolute blast tonight. Talk to you soon and uh, talk to you later, Scott. Maybe on the course tomorrow. Hopefully, that'd be nice. Be awesome. Go Big Red. Go Big Red.